0: hello and welcome to alpha health and wellness radio i am your host dr haley Schaff, where i'm here to empower you to become the alpha of your health hello and welcome back everybody i hope that you had a phenomenal thanksgiving I did a lot of cooking this year for Thanksgiving and I had never really done a lot of it. And I just want to share a few of the yummy things that we made because you can make these at any point, not just Thanksgiving. So I made a really, really yummy butternut squash casserole. So I did, I cooked the butternut squash and then I scooped it out like I would like a mashed potato or something, put it in a casserole dish, added coconut milk, turmeric, salt, pepper, cinnamon, and nutmeg. And then I topped one with pecans and then one without for nut allergies and whatnot. And I made some Brussels sprouts on a stovetop with grass-fed butter and then put whole cranberries in there. And that was amazing. And then I made my mom a keto pie. And because of cancer and cancer feeds off of glucose and sugar. So, wh- I mean, keto is really – I try to do things that are keto because they're higher fat, lower carbs, So it's it's not going more towards feeding – The cancer, but it's also creating things that she can still eat and still enjoy. And plus that's what I opted to eat. Um, I think that we all should be during this holiday season, just trying to make a little bit better choices because we know that the virus going around does impact people with poor metabolic health. And, and that doesn't necessarily have to be someone with hypertension or diabetes. It could just be, you're kind of just eating like crap. So enjoy things in moderation, obviously. And that word is different for everybody, but there are really great swaps out there that you can make that you can enjoy these really fun and awesome things, but still be doing your health a good service. So the pie was awesome. I've never made a pie in my entire life. And the first one I made was actually really good and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And so did she, which made me happy. So Thanksgiving was good. And then we had a, we got a local organic Turkey that ended up being, I think it was huge. It was, it was huge. And we used so much of it. We saved the liver, we saved the heart, we use the turkey neck and gizzards and we saved the bones. I made my parents some bone broth. And then I brought some of the bones back here to make broth for us. So great to just kind of like use all these like little ancestral little health tips and just make, make our holidays healthy. And it was a lot of fun, but Before I get into today's episode, I just wanted to share with you guys an awesome review from my online course. So she reached out to me via DMs on Instagram and she said, Haley, I am loving your course so far. I am learning so much more than I've ever learned on hormones and I can't believe the affordable price point that you have this course at. I'm learning so much. I love it. And thank you so much for doing this. And when I got that DM, it made me really happy because that's exactly what I was looking for is I wanted to provide a lot of information so that people could go in and go at their own pace. It's a self-paced. Once you buy the course, you have access forever and you can go in and you can learn at your own pace and you can take notes and there's quizzes and you can ask questions along the way. And I put it at a price point that was definitely super affordable. It's the cheapest way to work with me. But with that being said, after the holiday season, the special launch price of $67 for the course unlimited access is going to be going up. So if the course is something that you are interested in, I definitely would get it because at the end of the holiday season, it is going to be going up and it's still going to be at an affordable price point, but I just wanted to give you that heads up so that you can still get that special launch price. So, with that being said, you can, uh, register for the course. I'll put that uh, the link in my show notes. The link is always in my Instagram bio, and the link is also on my website at www.drhaleyshoff.com. So all the places, if you have questions, please reach out and ask. I'm more than happy to help, but I want to get into today's guest and today's interview. This conversation was awesome. I get a lot of questions, a lot from people I'm doing nutrition consultations with being Like how, okay, how do I get my family to eat healthy? How do I under, how do I make my family understand that this is a, this is something that we're doing not only for me, but for you. And I personally can't relate to getting kids to eat healthier because I don't have kids. Um, I grew up and I ate what my parents made me eat and I eventually just really learned to like it. But I think, um, today's guest is someone who provided so much insight into that because, Um, she has a special needs daughter as well as another daughter who's an athlete. And it it kind of just comes on multiple different aspects on, you know, how she teaches her kids to eat healthy, how she under, how she helps them understand why they're doing certain things. Um, you know, she works with a lot of people who might be the only one making a soul fitness journey. So, you know, really, she talked a lot about, educating to your family why I'm making this choice. And I think that this always boils down to a really common theme that Stephanie and I are both really big on is if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of other people. So although I'm not a mother, I am a wife and I am a practitioner. And I know that if I don't personally take care of myself, I am not going to be as good of a wife. I'm not going to be as good of a dog mom or cat mom. I'm not going to be as good of a clinician because if I'm dragging and if I'm struggling, I can't give my all to other people. And I know that, and Stephanie really dives into that today. So my guest is Stephanie Lawler. She is amazing. We have been friends for a really long time now. We connected, um, and really, we, and we really grew to be really good friends. We connected through first form and, um, and I really just, I look up to her and cherish her and, and really just think that she has so much valuable information to provide. And we could have, t- we could have talked about so many different things today because we are just friends and have so many, we've had so many good conversations that I wish that I've recorded for people. But um, I really wanted to kind of dive into this route today because she just provided so much. She provides so much insight on those topics that necessarily I can't because I don't have kids and whatnot. But we talk a lot about family and, you know, getting everybody kind of not bought in, but understanding why health is so important and how her journey's evolved along the way. And so I'm going to stop rambling because this conversation was amazing and I know that you guys are going to enjoy it. So without further ado, enjoy this amazing conversation with Stephanie Lawler and myself. All right. Welcome back. I have an amazing guest today, Steph Lawler. Welcome to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This is such an honor and I'm so proud of you for doing this, but we're uh, excited to be part of this. So thank you so much. Thank you. Well, you've, you've asked me to speak on so many different things and we've done so many things
0: on social media. So once I got guests and stuff going on the podcast, I was like, okay, you definitely need to be one. We've been friends for, I don't even know. It feels like forever now, but I'm just another social media friend that I'm so glad I've connected <laughs> with. Um Okay. Steph, tell us a little bit about your background because you, like what you do, how you kind of like got into the space that you're in now and like how kind of your health journey has kind of transitioned throughout the years. Because even since I've known you, it's it's definitely kind of transitioned more into a lot of like holistic things and like different things with your lifestyle, which has been really
1: cool. Absolutely. So my background is education. I taught for 20 years, a combination of seven years in high school, 13 in uh, post-secondary as a technical college. So I taught English at both of those places, uh, and I guess about six years ago, I just hit this place where it wasn't it wasn't passion-driven anymore, and because that career is exactly that, I had always told myself that if I got to a time and a place in my career where I didn't wake up and love what I did, I needed to really reconsider things. You know, I, I knew that that lack of passion would bleed over into the classroom and affect my students, and I knew that I wouldn't serve them well if that flame died. And I think sometimes we don't validate those things with ourselves, we don't honor that. Um, but for me, I was very in tune with that and it just became, it just became something that I couldn't ignore. You know, It's not to say that you wake up every day loving your job, your profession, every single day. We all have those highs and lows, but when that is something that tends to really just hit you for a long time, I think it's a great place to, to reconsider and look at what you're doing and why you're doing it. Uh, and I just felt like there was something else that was calling me about that same time, uh, Neely was maybe six or seven. And I am most certainly sure that part of our journey with her and uh, the special needs that she had was influencing how I felt. I think I'd probably been ready to make a transition out of formal education for quite some time, but sense of responsibility, good insurance benefits, that kind of thing, kept me there for a little bit longer than I probably should have, but I'm a firm believer in wherever you are is exactly where you're supposed to be. So uh, just to give you a little background there, I've got two girls. Hannah is 17, Neely is 14. Uh, Neely is special needs. She's got mild cerebral palsy, but her damage is unilateral, so it's across all four quadrants of her brain. It affects everything from her fine motor skills to speech, Learning, She's got a learning disability. She's intellectually disabled. Uh, so really just a little bit in all of the places. And it's, you know, it's, it's wonderful that she is not severely affected, uh, but it's also very difficult because she's affected in every way, little bits. And as she's grown up, it's most certainly been appealing back of the layers to look at where she needs more help. And, you know, right now our focus is certainly on the ele- intellectual side and education and supporting her where she needs to be. But Um, You know, even from the very beginning with her journey, I was always the mom, and really the same thing with Hannah, where if there was something wrong, I wanted to know why. I was never good with just saying, oh, well, kids get ear infections frequently. I wanted to know, well, why is that? And what can I do to support that? What can I do to, to really get to the root cause of this? Do we need to look at her diet? Do we need to look at, you know, whatever the case was? But that's just always kind of been who I am as a person in my own health journey, always been a big advocate for preventative medicine you know I've always been the one to get my checkups and even in my 20s when that's like not a thing that other 20 year olds were doing it always meant something to me because I think I'd had enough impact in my in my personal life to see people who had neglected their health and what that looked like over the long term and it was just something that always been concerning to me um, but more from a preventative way and just something that I knew I wanted to preserve and so health and wellness has been a huge part of my life you know, I worked out in college. I loved running. I loved lifting. That's really where I found a love for both of those. Uh, when I transitioned to t- teaching high school, I coached cheerleading and really there I started to understand what athletics looks like and what it should be. And especially for women, it's so empowering at that age to understand strength and beauty. And you know that beauty isn't sometimes what these what these girls see stereotypically you know, across social media or in magazines. And helping them to, to acknowledge that at that age was something that was really profound. And I think really began my, um, kind of my journey into, into this space. Um, and it's funny when you start to look at your life in reverse, those things that I learned with those girls really affected how I parented, especially because I I do have two girls. So even when they were young, I always went back to those lessons that I had with those teen girls and, you know, sense of self-worth and self-confidence and and the things that I could do to coach them along so that they appreciated their bodies and strength and health, you know, and, and we weren't just this rah-rah team. We were in the weight room, lifting weights, doing two a days, you know, just as much as the football team was because I wanted them to understand that they were capable and they were strong and there was such beauty in that. And it was about taking care of the, the whole person, you know, mind, body, and spirit. So, you know, as I, I moved into to teaching college, there wasn't such a place for that in my professional life, but there most certainly was in my personal life. And as I said, we're kind of going along Neely's journey, and I wanted to know why. You know, why did she have damage to the brain? What was it that caused it? It wasn't anything that had happened during my pregnancy. You know, and and that's the other side to it. Sometimes you can search, but there aren't answers, right? Especially with something like that. That is just who she is. That's something that happened during development that I couldn't control. But it did really help me to understand that I had a lot of control over the advocacy of her health, and that it was okay to ask questions, and it was okay to continue to search for answers. And sometimes, you know, you had to keep doing that, and you had to keep digging. Uh, And I got over real quick, feeling like I was a pain to physicians or therapists. You know, if I couldn't get the right answer, I would just keep pushing. And I think that really helped me to make sure that we were getting the best help for Neely that we possibly could. You know, so. I know all of that really, uh, really shaped who I was early as a parent. And as I got to this place in my career where I wasn't sure what I wanted to do anymore, It just all of a sudden was like a light bulb. I wanted to teach and educate other people about health and wellness. I had been down my own, you know, emotional journey, um, and really hit some tough emotional times because, as moms, especially as caretakers, we do a really great job of giving to everyone else in our life, and a really poor job of giving to ourselves first. feels hugely (laughs) feels hugely selfish, very unnatural. Um, but where that put me was, you know, eight years into Neely's care. And I was at the lowest place a person could be mentally and emotionally. And, you know, I, I had a, a moment, an awakening, an epiphany, whatever you want to call it. And I realized that if I didn't start taking care of myself, if I didn't start making myself a priority, I couldn't care for her, for both of my girls in the best way that they needed. And I think just having that light bulb go off where it wasn't about, giving and giving to everyone else first. I had to make sure that I was my best so that I could give my best. And that was a real turning point for me um, in my career. That was a real turning point in my perspective as a woman and a mom. So um, you know, I just started to pour into my own self. I got back to the gym. I really started to look at labels and understand how food is a message and even as healthy as I thought I was eating and feeding my kids, I could do better by them. And for me that's such a that was it's been such a goal. You know, it's, it's not that you know everything and do everything perfectly. If you don't know, you don't know. But again, I think part of my, my mission is just to keep understanding, keep growing, keep educating myself so that I can be the best mom and I can set them up on the best path for overall health. A lot of the clients that I deal with are where they are because they didn't have that influence they didn't have any education or understanding of basic nutrition you know and now you look at them as adults and they're struggling with these issues and that wasn't what i wanted for my kids Uh, we had that same thing with my husband he was raised in a small town in the south everything was about food a lot of unhealthy foods uh you know and he just didn't know and his his parents didn't know and it wasn't something that was important but as you started to see health issues with them, with people in their town, with friends you know and these things happening early on, and even even my husband having high cholesterol and blood pressure issues at a really young age i didn 't want that for my girls, but I understood that that was related to nutrition to lifestyle to an, to an understanding of that and I saw my husband really struggling with that, you know the fact that he was thirty or year, thirty years old and on high blood pressure medication because his blood pressure was virtually uncontrollable and, and at a really dangerous place. Um, I didn't want that for my girls. I didn't want them to grow up and feel so helpless or feel as if they, they didn't have any control over their health because they most certainly did, but that's got to start early. So with all that being said, uh, I took a leap out of education about six years ago. I knew I wanted to help people in a different way, but I, I also knew that I couldn't just throw away who I was as a teacher. I will always inherently be that. And the things that made me a good educator were going to then be the things that would make me a good health and wellness coach. So. Got my personal certification or personal training certification, got a nutrition specialization, some youth sports stuff. Um, you know, So I felt like I needed that background just to give myself a little bit of, of credibility and education piece so that I could best serve others. Uh, but I would even say over these last five or six years, who I am as a health and wellness coach has evolved, as I think we all evolve along our journeys if we're doing it the right way. Um, you know, in the beginning it was just about my basic understanding of nutrition. And I was, you know, diehard on macros and a meal plan, and it doesn't really matter what you eat, it just fits these numbers and you have to do this exercise. And it was very by the book because that's really all I knew at the time. But you know, as I was evolving also as a mom and kind of looking at the parallels between those two journeys, I was starting to see that Neely was struggling with, with her own issues, gastrointestinal issues, chronic constipation, you know, and so. We started to do a lot of integrative health um, and, and, you know, kind of holistic health as our approach there because we were hitting a lot of dead ends and nobody could really tell me the why this was all happening. And so I started to really evolve also as a coach and understand that it's not just one system, right? Our body doesn't just work in that, in that one isolated way. It's all, you know, it's all connected. And so as I was starting to understand more about the human body and how integrative all of the parts are because of my journey with Neely. That was also starting to bleed over into who I was as a health and wellness coach, and it wasn't just about these numbers or hitting this meal plan perfectly. It was about really getting to the bottom of why you were having certain issues and looking at things not just as you know problematic and things you've always dealt with. You just always get headaches or you just always have bad allergies. Well, why? And I saw that I was asking those questions for my own daughter and her health, and it just hit me one day that why wasn't I doing those same things and advocating for those same things for the the clients that I was working with. And so that has really been a huge influence, you know, and, and not just from the physical health standpoint. I think I've also evolved in terms of it's one thing to look at yourself, you know, as a body fat percentage or as labs, but you also have to look at, are you healthy mentally and emotionally? Because all of that is so integrated as well you know when we look at what overall health and wellness looks like it's not just the same thing it's not just that one part it leads into all of these areas of our life that we really have to take care of so totally very long background sorry
0: <laughs> no 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 it's all so important and I love I love that you talked about the whole like self-care piece because I think I a lot of people get that whether it's you know it's a busy mom who's kind of like in charge of everything for the household or whatever you know it's it's all it's really hard for those type of people to feel like they need to take time for themselves or you know they feel like it's selfish because they're caretakers of you know other humans or you know what whatever it may be but that is like the least selfish thing for you to take care of yourself because if you don't take care of yourself you can't be there to support other people like if you didn't take care of yourself and your health you couldn't be Neely's best advocate and be there at all of these functional appointments with her asking questions and really, because like you had kind of done your health piece first. So I think that that is very important. And and, and it's very cool, because I feel like your health and like self care has like totally evolved along the way. Like I see that now you guys are getting like in your groups and everything you're getting into like non toxic living and mindfulness. And like you said, like that mind body spirit connection is, is so so important. So what are some things like what are some practices that you've kind of added in to kind of like encompass more of like that holistic perspective?
1: Right? Well, I think, you know, I think the first point that I don't want to gloss over is how important that self-care piece is and how important it is to understand and almost just to have this past sometimes. I think as mothers, especially sometimes we just need someone to say, take care of you because you feel like, wow, if I do that, I'm being selfish and taking that time. But the other thing that I've come to understand is no one is going to give that to you. No one is willingly going to say, here, go take three hours to go to the gym. you know, And even if you do have a supportive spouse or a supportive family, oftentimes people don't even know that those are the kinds of things you need because you may not know that that's something you need. So I think number one, communication is key. I think you need to really express to other people. These are the kinds of things I need. This is how I need to be loved. This is how I need to be supported Um, and making sure that that taking care of you part is, is incorporated. Right.
0: I love that because so many people like we're very outspoken and we would, we're kind of people to be like, no, like I need this. And I'm not afraid to be like, Nick, Please like, just leave the room. I need to meditate for 10 minutes. Right. I'm, I'm not afraid to say that, but I also understand that a lot of people aren't so that I love that you say, you know, like, even if you're not as outspoken as we are, like speak up and just, and, and do let your partner or whoever know, you know, I, I need this, you know, whatever it may be because it's super important.
1: And it's not to say that this didn't come, um, you know, with some bumps. I mean, I remember when I first went back to the gym, when the girls were young, it caused problems. I mean, Lane was not happy that, I would help get them in bed, of course, and you know, take care of everything around here, and then I would go. Like, It really caused some problems where he's like, I don't understand why you have to leave every night. Why can't you just not go? And I had to really fight for that. And I don't think that he then yet understood how important that was for me, right? Sometimes it takes that time where he could start to see that I was becoming a better wife, I was becoming a better mom because I was doing that. But sometimes initially we don't have that time invested for people to see that benefit. And so they do think it's selfish or it's it's more about them and they're not able to see, wait, this is really about what you need, you know, and we're really good at supporting other people. And sometimes we have to just kind of push through and, and keep on going. And if this is something important for you. Number one, obviously clearly communicate, but stay persistent. You know, it's sometimes those transitions are hard and it's hard for the other people in your life to understand that or acknowledge that. So I just think, you know, I, I just wanted to put that out there because it's not easy. And even as outspoken as I am, there were parts where it was very, very difficult and it's taken a long time, you know, but now it's like, even Neely will say, mommy, shouldn't you be getting ready to go to the gym? <laughs> they get it. They know, they know that it's something important to me, but they also know I am better in the roles that I have to fulfill because of that. Right. So, right. um, no, I, that
0: part. no, I love that. And I love like, what are some tips that you would say, whether it's someone, you know, like if you're working with a client and their family just doesn't understand why they're making these health changes, whether it's you know, they're not buying the processed crap from the grocery store. You know, they're not understanding why they need to spend money on a gym membership or like paying a coach. I feel like those are a lot of things where people are like, well, I don't understand. They're kind of doing it in the opposite spectrum where they're like, why, why do you want to do that? But again, like all the questions of why I feel like come back to education. So what are some tips that you give to people when they kind of run into those things, whether it's with family, friends, significant others,
1: whatever it may be. I think the biggest piece is exactly what you said, education, you know, and you can't bombard people because it'll just be in one ear and out the other, you know, but I think when you start to integrate these small changes and you can explain why, right. And bring it to somebody's level and kind of meet them where they are. When I could explain to my girls, we need to eat this way because this isn't healthy. This isn't going to make us feel good. Remember how we used to be sick all the time. And every winter you guys would get so sick and look at where we are now, you know, and, and to help kind of, put it in a, put it in a context that they can understand. Right. I think the education part is the biggest piece, um, but it will certainly come with some pushback at times. You know, I've, even now the girls will try to throw things in the cart. I'm like, that's, that's, you don't need that. We're not buying that. You know, we talk a lot about needs or wants Neely will say um, we need to go to the grocery store because I need fill in the blank. I'm like, no, you don't need that. You want gluten-free graham crackers, but you don't need them, <laughs> you know? And so helping them to understand the difference there has been, has been huge, you know, but I, I think honestly, in terms of giving people some guidance there, it's just explaining in a way that makes sense to whoever your audience is about why you're doing these things, you know, and maybe step into it slowly, you know, and and I think once you do have that time invested and you can have a little bit of history to show, okay, do you see that I'm better? I'm healthier. We're better. We're healthier. Then people are a little bit more agreeable than all of a sudden you just throw this out at them. And, sometimes all these changes do rattle them. And I'm not really sure what, what to make of any of this in the beginning.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And so kind of backtrack into the kids and obviously this is something I can't relate to yet. I'm sure one day we will have kids, but I get a lot of parents who, you know, we're, we're doing nutrition, but then they say, well, how do I get my kids to eat this? And, and that's super hard. So what are some tips that you have, or how have you gotten your girls to kind of apart from like the education thing, like get on track to eating good. So that, cause I know that Hannah's a swimmer, she's an athlete. And obviously with Neely, that's just really important with her journey and sure. all the things that you guys have going on. So what are some things that you've, you've implemented to help them kind of with that?
1: Well, and I think one thing is I have never been um, the mom who wants to be the short order cook, you know, and, and I get that question all the time. When I first started on my journey and I really started to incorporate more whole foods and we're eating seasonally and lots of fruits and veggies and those kinds of things, there was definitely pushback, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't easy, but I knew that this was important. I knew this is a place where I wanted to persist because I knew the benefit for them. I knew the benefit for all of us with our overall health. So, you know, it's again, it's the kind of thing where I had to keep reminding myself, I'm the parent, I'm the parent, I'm the parent. And I think that that has really dominated my entire journey with my girls in every way that I raise them, whether that's with their behavior or with the kinds of things that they're eating. I'm all for raising independence. Kids. I mean, I have two very, very at least. Hannah is a very, very independent, headstrong girl, and it's it's caused some problems. But you know, I think (laughs) that that is. I think that's important. I wanted to raise my girls to be strong, independent women, but there's also a time and a place for that, and that's something I see now. And I even saw it when the kids were young really doing too much to give in to kids and I remember this will this will never ever leave me I remember when Hannah was three she had a lot of like rage issues and she'd throw these awful temper tantrums it was not the twos it was like threes and fours and they were terrible I mean it was really um it was really tough for our entire family it really disrupted our whole family unit and we didn't know how to punish her it was like do I spank her do I put her in her room do we do a timeout like what do we do and you know, I remember reading all kind of parenting articles and books, and I saw something on Dr. Phil, and this girl was like totally out of control. You know, one of these where they bring on the guest, and it's this 15-year-old who's swearing like a, a sailor and awful, just totally causing havoc on the household. And I remember he looked at that mom, and I'm not a huge Dr. Phil fan, but it was on. I remember he looked at the mom and said, "What did you do when she had t- temper tantrums like this when she was two or three? And the mom said, "Well, I mean nothing. I gave her what she wanted," and he said look at where she is now. You're the reason she acts the way she does right now, because you didn't act like the parent then. And for me, I was like, Oh "Oh my gosh, I don't want that. I can't deal with that. Right. I can't have any of this going on because then they're big. And then they have a mouth and they have a bigger attitude. And it was like, that was the thing that almost like scared me straight. And I thought, no way, sister, I'm the mom. So, you know, I think that we're kind of coming into a little bit of a different generation where A lot of young parents that I see allow their kids to really dominate everything. They get to choose everything. They get to choose how they want to dress, how they want to do their rooms. And although there are some benefits to that because you want to give kids choices and help them understand that, I think we've also swung that pendulum sometimes a little too far where parents are afraid to do that. They're afraid to be the parent because they want to be the friend. They don't want to hurt them or scarred them emotionally, you know? So for me, it was just a lot about being the parent. And you know what guys, this is how we're gonna eat now. So you can either sit here and eat this or you're not gonna eat. And I remember having the conversation with my pediatrician. I was very, very blessed. We had a pediatrician who was probably in her mid fifties when we first started going to her, she had several kids. And so she really had a balanced approach to how she looked at things. And I, I went through this thing with her. I was like, Hannah will only eat these certain foods. What do I do? And she just looked at me and said, I've never had a patient who starved to death you serve her what is for dinner. And if she doesn't like it, she doesn't eat. She said, but the worst thing you can do is start catering and kind of caving to those and allowing these other things. She said, at some point she will learn to eat what is served to her. And it was great advice. I needed to hear that as a young mom, because I didn't have a lot of confidence. I was afraid I was going to scar her or my child was going to die or, you know, failure to thrive or whatever. But sometimes just hearing that from someone who's a little bit more, um, along their journey, I think is helpful. You know, it's okay to be the parent. It's okay to say, this is what we're doing. This is how we're eating. I know that maybe you don't like this right now, but this is what we're doing and this is why we're doing it. And just to hold firm there, right? Just dig your heels in and eventually they will learn. You know, there's like that whole thing where you have to give a kid the same food like seven times before they can really make a determination from their palate if they like that food or don't like that food. So it's a lot of just keep trying you know, I wasn't big on disguising things with all kinds of crazy ways. Like this is just it. And this is how we're going to eat. And you can either eat it or you're not going to eat dinner tonight, I guess. And yeah, my kids are thriving. So yeah, I know
0: they're very like healthy. Like Hannah's doing great. Like, I mean, Neely's doing, she's doing great. They're both doing great, right. but like they, they're not starved. They're no. athletic. They are doing all the things. And so I think that's, and that's just like a really always hard question for me to answer. Cause sure it's one thing for me to be like, yeah, whatever I, eat, Nick will eat or whatever I make, Nick will eat it because like, if he really doesn't want it, he can get up and make his own thing. But I just go back to when I was a kid, I didn't love spinach. I didn't love certain things like that. I'd plug my nose and I'd eat it right. because it just like, that is how it is. So that is definitely good advice that I will make sure that I take and use in the future. But I hope that people listening to this really take that in. and And like you said, I think people are afraid to put their foot down and like I see kids in the grocery store and they're like coming and they're like grabbing all this stuff in the car. I never remember doing that as a kid. I never
1: like me in the middle of the store.
0: I know. Yeah. Like there's, there's no, it's just so different now. Like I never, I would, I would maybe politely ask like, can we get this? And if it was a no, maybe I'd be a little bummed or pissed, but I wouldn't throw a hissy fit. I would just be like, okay. "Okay." Right.
1: Well, and the other side to that is that, you know, a lot of times when I'm working with adults and they start to make these transitions and they really do start to clean up their diet That's one of the biggest questions I get. Okay, well, how do I navigate cooking like this for me and cooking like this for my family? And it's almost like they've never even thought about it. When I look at them and say, why are you making these changes in your life and your diet? Because I want to be healthier, right? Because I have a goal. Okay. Well, if that is your goal for you, why wouldn't you want that same thing for your kids? Look at where you are now as an adult. You have health issues, X, Y, and Z. You now have the knowledge to understand that in part, some of these health issues exist because you haven't fed your body well. Is that what you want for your kids? And, you know, it's not an easy conversation to have. And I don't say it with any judgment or, you know, anything negative. But sometimes it's like they need to hear that to have this light bulb go off or they realize, oh, wow, if I'm making these health adjustments for me, why wouldn't I do those same things for my kids? Right, their bodies are born pure, they're untainted, and the first thing that we we start doing is just mucking up their system with all these processed foods and sugars and all these other things that they don't need. Um, you know, and it's funny just in that three-year gap between having my girls, how my approach changed and the things that I did with Hannah I didn't necessarily do with Neely because I knew I knew more then, right? And mm-hmm. I wanted to do better by Neely than I did with Hannah because I didn't have that information. And it's not to say we did anything awful or malicious, but you know, she ate her fair share of hot dogs and junk and all this stuff. And now that I know these things and I understand the health implications, we did a better job when, when Neely, you know, was that same age. So, you know, I think some of it is you just have to really think about if you're making these health changes for you, why wouldn't you want to incorporate those same things for your kids? They don't have the health issues yet. So why do you want to set them up on this path for failure? And I know for me, you know, especially over these last four or five years, I just keep looking at this perspective of Hannah's going to be out of this house now in six months. She's 17 years old. She's a high school senior. Six months from now, potentially she could be off facing the world on her own. What are the things that I want her to know when she would enter the world as an independent woman? You know, and one of the biggest things is I want her to know how to take care of herself I want her to know how to be able to go rent a car or rent a hotel, but I also want her to know when mom isn't here preparing these meals, how do I eat? If I walk into a dining hall in college, what does that look like? How do I make good choices so I feel great and I perform well in my sport and my body stays healthy? And it's been interesting to watch her over these last couple of years take that on, um, really on her own. You know, she sees now when she doesn't rest and she doesn't have a lot of water she's not eating the way she should there's a direct connection in her swim performance and she can see it now she can see it in how she feels she sees it in the execution in the pool and so it's been cool to to watch that connection you know i think overall we're very blessed because the swim community tends to be a little different you know the kids are usually very very smart and their families seem to approach health and wellness a little differently for whatever reason so this isn't the kind of sport where we go and sit and their kids eating donuts during halftime, right? I mean, you look and when kids are not swimming, if they are eating, they're eating fruit and lean protein. I don't know how that all happened, but it is kind of a different culture, a different breed that exists in a sport. Um, but it is interesting to watch her take that on as her own and now have this understanding, the way I feed my body does in fact affect my performance, you know, and it's not even aesthetic thing. We've never made made anything to do about that. It's how do you feel? How are you performing? And she can start to see these connections. And I think even with you know Neely's intellectual disabilities, she has a basic understanding of it as well. It's really funny. She's very routine oriented and she likes things to be a certain way. And you know, she'll, she'll even say, like she said last night to Hannah, it was taco night, you know, it's fajita, um, fajita meat and vegetables and that kind of thing. We did have some rice and she looked at Hannah and said, I think that's too many carbs, you know, cause Hannah has like heaping pile of rice on her plate. So, you know, don't underestimate your kids and what they pick up on what they see, what they understand. You know, Neely is 14, but she's probably functioning at a six, seven year old, um, intellect. And even at that, she knows if I were to send her off to granny's, she knows how she should eat. And I think that in some way she knows that she feels better now that we've attacked some of the things that are difficult for her to process, whether that's gluten or dairy or whatever, she is able to feel that difference in her body and and wants to do the things that she knows she should do to eat well too. That's
0: absolutely incredible. Like just for like both both spectrums for her to be able to pick up and like to know and then for Hannah to be able to feel it with her sports. And, and I think that that's relatable on so many different ends and so important. And because like you said, if, if we're is like adults making these changes for a reason, why would you not want that for your children? Because children of diseases of children are more common than now and ever ADHD, like all these attention deficit disorders, type two and type one diabetes are autoimmune diseases. Kids have like more hormone and thyroid and gut issues than ever before. And it's, it's not a coincidence because of this kind of like shift in, in eating that we've seen. And I think a good point or like a kind of a a devil's advocate is okay. Maybe people aren't as educated as you are. Well, there's a beautiful thing now called social media where people put information out for free. You put a ton of information out for free. I put a ton of information out for free. This podcast is free. Other podcasts are free. There's information out there. Go type in hashtags. Go search things because I don't think we can I I don't quite know that that argument is valid, whereas I didn't know any better because I feel like the information is out there. You just have to go find it. But maybe it's because it's not all plastered over the news and I don't quite know. Maybe that was like an ignorant statement, but. I feel like the information is there for people who are receptive to it and who do want to make these changes.
1: Well, and I think the other side to it sometimes is I think we can all get trapped in there's so much information out there that we don't know what to follow, what's good, what's not. I mean, I see this with a lot of my clients that come in, you know, they're they're coming in off of this fad diet or that one, or this one's friend said this worked for their sister. So that's the one that they're doing. So I think sometimes that is difficult because it's just so much to mull through, you know, but one thing that, I thought about one day I was walking to the grocery store and I was going down the baby food aisle and you look at how baby food is organized. There's a protein, right? It's disgusting. It's like jarred meat or whatever, but there is a protein and then there's carbs, your sweet potatoes, your you know, cream of wheat, whatever. And then they have veggies. And it was like this light bulb went off where we think about how we feed our babies and whether you're doing you know, processed baby food or you're making your own, that's what it looks like. We have a protein, we have a carb, we have a veggie, we have those fruits, right? Where did we ever get away from that? Where did we go to being so particular, making sure, gosh, as a new mom, that I did all these things and I introduced the foods in the right way and you didn't want to introduce the fruits before the veggies because then they would have that sweet taste, right? Where does that gap happen from like age two or whatever that is, to now all of a sudden, we're sending them to school and we're allowing them to eat these awful meals that the schools provide or, you know, Lunchables and all of this prepackaged stuff. Like, where is that gap happening? You know, and I think some of it is we are living in a society where it's dual income, you know, families. And so we have parents who, are less less involved right because they're both working they're strapped for time they have their kids involved in a million different activities so it's the time piece that they think um, and we just start to fall on some bad habits out of strict convenience of nothing else you know but the one thing that I always say is when you're focusing on overall health it's not about having the time it's about making the time and so when you can start to do things like even have your kids make their own Lunchables. When we do prep on Sundays and we're cooking things so that our life is easy and, and a little bit more routine during the week, we get the kids involved. And same thing with grocery shopping. You know, Lane has been taking Neely, and they'll go and they'll talk about what kinds of sandwich meat does she want right sometimes we chop up chicken or whatever we've had from home but sometimes we do have sandwich meat i don't feel awful about that because i know i could do better i could give her sliced chicken that we've done but sometimes there is a convenience piece to it and it's not about doing all that perfectly i think as moms we have to give ourselves some grace and know that no they're not always going to eat perfect 99 of the time i do follow some moms like that on social media and it makes me feel like crap because i'm like oh gosh i could be doing better you know but it's all about a balance you know my kids don't eat perfectly all the time they certainly have their fair share of junk but it's not what we do the majority of the time and i think that's where i can rest my head to bed at night feeling confident and comfortable that i've done what's best for them because it's about the big picture you know 99% of the time we eat well we eat here but you know i I think that sometimes we have to give ourselves that grace, but we also can't let ourselves fall into those traps with the excuses where yep. I didn't have a choice. I had to drive through McDonald's. I had to drive through Chick-fil-A. No, you didn't. You could take a couple of hours on Sunday to get some food prepped up. So when you come home, it's there the heat and eat and go, and you're saving yourself money. Get your kids involved. You know, like yep. that, that was my point. We do a lot with, with them, getting things laid out. Hannah chops up all the fruit and gets things put in our, our you know little dividers and letting Neely have some ownership of the kinds of things she wants to have in her lunch within those boundaries. It's not just saying, pick whatever you want out of the grocery store. Okay. We're going to pick one treat for this week. What is it going to be, you know, and, and letting her have some ownership of that, helping her to kind of navigate and make a better choice over something else. But,
0: you know, I love that. I think that that's so great. And like you said, balance is so important. And as much as I talk about, I try to be as best as I can I do still enjoy balance. And, yeah. and I think that everybody should, but I love that you said that it's it's the majority of the time. And, right. and, you know, if I, like yesterday I was gone all day from the morning when I dropped Tala off until it was starting to get dark out. I don't feel like making food when I get home after a really long day. So instead of where I could have just went through a drive through which I can't remember the last time that's happened, I just put something in the crock pot. So it was literally ready for when I got home. So yes. options like this for busy families are so possible. And I love that you get the kids involved. I, I love all of that. And, and Steph, I just, I love today's conversation. And I really think that it's going to, it's going to help so many people on more of a level where like, I could say all of those things, but it doesn't mean as much because you are living it. Whereas I'm just, that's how I plan to hopefully do it. Um, one of these days. So I just, it's so much credibility and just so much respect for how you run your house and just the type of person that you are. And I'm so grateful for your friendship and so grateful for your time today. Um, Before we leave and before we end this, tell people where they can find you, like where you've got all of your awesome stuff, your website, all that kind of stuff.
1: So, you can find me on Instagram, WarriorFit, the number one, WarriorFit1 is my Instagram handle. My website is the same thing, WarriorFit, the number one, one. warriorfit1.com. I try to make sure that I give a a workout of the week. I also do a a newsletter just like you do. Mine drops every Wednesday. The link to that is in my Instagram profile. Uh, You know, and within that, I try to share things that I find that have helped me as a mom, things that the girls like, healthier choices. I give a workout of the week. Got two English Bulldogs. So, Milo has a little corner in there. And then, you know, I just try to share some of my thoughts as a woman, as a mom, you know, just kind of bigger picture things. So those are all the places you guys can find me.
0: And you're running, are you still running eight week challenges?
1: I am. I do that every quarter. So my next one will be in January. There's a link on my website for people to be notified when the next one opens for registration. Uh, but I do that. I do some private coaching. So I take some one-on-one clients, whether they want more help with their nutrition. Um, they have an aesthetic goal. They have a scale goal. They have a health goal. We can work. Um, obviously you and I work collaboratively with a lot of our clients, which I, yeah, that's been so fun. Wonderful. Um, help people on the workout side of things, you know, whether they work at home, gym, kind of all levels there. So I do some private coaching, but my group challenges are really where my heart is. I love being able to bring together a group of men and women. I get a lot of moms, obviously my niche is more the 35 to 45 demographic, you know, people in, in my same space. Um, but to be able to bring people together in this way and have a formal eight-week challenge, but really what we're doing is eight weeks of education, eight weeks of talking about the the physical aspects, the health aspects, the mental emotional side to it and kind of building all of that in, helping people to have the tools that they need to be successful.
0: I love that. I love that. Well, definitely go check her out, give her a follow. And thank you so much, Steph. I, so this fun. conversation was
1: amazing. Yeah, thank you.
0: Okay. Now, if that did not just make you motivated to go make better health choices, to be a better parent for your kids, or to just be a better person so that you can be a better caretaker for whoever you are serving, whether it's yourself, your husband, or your parents or whoever I hope that this conversation inspired you because I most certainly know that it inspired me to just continue on this path of being the best person that I can be. And, you know, and it was also great, really, really great tips for me for when we do decide to have kids. I know that I will most certainly be referring back to this when that time comes, but I hope that you guys enjoyed it. I hope that you check out Stephanie on social media, definitely connect with her. She is such a beam of light in this industry and really is doing great things and helping so many people. Be sure to connect with her. Be sure to leave this podcast a review. Just scroll down, give us five stars if you enjoyed it, and if you have a time, write write a little review. Write how this is personally helping you. This is a really great way on how we can just continue to get this podcast out there for more people. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy and appreciate every single review. I know that that takes time and. Since having my own podcast, I try to be really good about reading other people's podcasts because I truly understand that that is really how you get the podcast and stuff out there. So share this with us, share this with people that you think could benefit. You can tag Stephanie and I, but I hope that you guys enjoyed it. And if you have questions on my online course, like I talked about in the intro, the link is going to be in the show notes. And if you reach out to me on social media, I'm always more than happy to walk you through if this would be a good solution for you. But I hope that you guys Have a great wellness Wednesday or whatever day you're listening to this and I will catch you next week.